This is episode 114 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, tree-hugging, nature-loving Tim Bowen. I'm a huge outdoorsman. I love the outdoors, especially fishing. So I value the water, the sea life, the environment, everything. Today, Tim is joined by millionaire, mentor, and trader, and call it like you see it, Mr. Tim Sykes. So you want life so that you can kill them, so that you can feel powerful, kind of like a bus driver who inserts his own power in his own little bus when he has no power outside of his bus. (laughs) Not your best analogy. Not your best. Today, Tim and Tim talk about the freedom they have found by mastering the skills of steady trading. Let me just first say it's good to be rich. Um, second of all, it's good to be able to travel if you want, you know, or you could just stay at home in Michigan and kill your local animals. Like you get to choose the life that you want. I like to save worldwide animals. You like to kill local animals. But we're <laughs> both doing what we love. And we get to hear them do it. It's another good episode of Steady Trade. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, we've got an old friend, an old friend of mine, as well as an old friend of the podcast, uh, Tim Sykes. Many of you probably know him. I'm guessing if you haven't, he's not hard to find. Definitely Google him. But a uh, little different podcast today with Tim because we talked about a lot of the stuff outside of trading. But I think that that is valuable. I mean, you know, Tim and I talk about freedom and what brought us to trading. I mean, I think a lot of people come to trading because of the money. Okay. I get it. Obviously we're all me included. We're all here to make some money, but a lot of the times I think that that mindset is sometimes almost too closed. You know, you're looking at the money to me, the money is a tool, you know, to pursue your interest, to, you know, to, to do great things with your family, to pursue your health, you know, to travel if that's what you want to do. And uh, we talked about that a lot in this episode. And I think that is, it's, it's really good to have that right mindset and those right goals versus just, you know, I want to make a bunch of money today. I mean, I think that that's the tool that allows you to do what you want to do. And then uh, also talked about a lot of Tim's charity work. Um, check out, 50 minutes to save the world. It's on YouTube. It's a great documentary on the reefs. And then we wrap up with, with discussion of trading through these slower summer periods. So there's a, there's a good time to trade and there's a less ideal time to trade and recognize those opportunities. And again, we'd like to thank you for listening and check out the episode with my friend, Tim Sykes. Hey everyone, Tim Bowen here. would like to thank you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. Really enjoy bringing it to you every week. And I've also got something great to bring to you today. We've recently partnered with Tradier, a great discount brokerage. And for $14.99 a month, you get unlimited trade commissions. No matter how many trades you make, it's $14.99 a month. And the other great thing is you can open an account with only $500. The best part about this is as you're trying to learn and grow that account, you want to minimize your costs as much as possible. So with Tradier, you can put that money back in your account instead of giving it to your broker. And that's how you grow over time. So check it out and sign up with Tradier today. All right. As I mentioned in the introduction, we've got my old friend, Tim Sykes here, very busy man, world traveler, millionaire, mentor, and trader. Um, Tim's been on a few times. I'm sure most of you, I got to believe, if, you're, if you've been watching the Steady Trade Podcast, I got to believe you know Tim. So we're not going to spend too much time on a bio. You can Google him. He's everywhere. And I got a feeling you probably already know about him anyway. So one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you back, Tim, was uh, 
you know, I, I know we have differing opinions about, um, you know, hunting Killing animals, hunting, fishing, the environment, but, but I, I consider hunting conservation. It actually contributes to a healthy balance of the population. Murderers uh, always have excuses. If you talk to serial killers, they have excuses too. <laughs> they fair enough. Fair improving the population. If you talk to Thanos and he snaps his fingers, he's doing it for the good of the universe. Fair enough, fair enough. But as I was saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge outdoorsman. Okay, I love it the outdoors. It didn't work when Thanos wiped out half of the population, in case you didn't realize. Spoiler I, alert, it I did watched, not work. Yeah, I haven't watched it, so you just ruined it for me. So I saved you some time. Now you can write the book that you're supposed to be writing. <laughs> I've actually made some progress. Baby steps. No. But anyway. Some progress is better than no progress, which has been the past few years. So that's good. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, again, I'm a huge outdoorsman. I love the outdoors, especially fishing, love fishing. So I, I'm a, a, a you know, value the water, you know, the, the water, the, the sea life, the environment, everything. Um, and you value you know, the life so you can take it. Yes. Is that basically yes. how it works. Well, if they're all dead, I can't kill them. Exactly. So you want life so that you can kill them so that you can feel powerful, kind of like a bus driver who inserts his own power in his own little bus when he has no power outside of his bus. <laughs> not your best analogy. Not your best. Not my worst. <laughs> I agree. Not your- Mid-range. Mid-range. <laughs> so anyway, tell me about Save the Reef. Um, I watched the documentary a couple weeks ago. Thought it was really cool. Um, if, you, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely Google Save, Save the Reef. Check out. It's a one-hour documentary. But tell me a little bit about the making of it. You know, what spurned you to do it, the background, how long it took, you know, et cetera. Typical of most murderers who glaze over the specifics of their actions. It's not an hour-long documentary. It's 50 minutes. It's called 50 Minutes to Save the World, not one hour to save the world. Um, Is that kind of like an extra 10 minutes just to kill all the murderers who are killing the world? Actually, I've got a great serial killer reference for you. Is that kind of like in in something about Mary when the serial killer tries to do six-minute abs instead of seven-minute abs? Exactly. So Save the Reef is our latest project. Uh, We partner with different uh, creatives. We partnered uh, with Amir Zachary on this one before we did a documentary with Sam Colder on Saving the Rhino in South Africa. Uh, We got a little ambitious on this one. We visited six countries over seven months. Um, crazy, crazy, uh, experiences, just seeing the reefs everywhere, uh, seeing marine life everywhere. It's all interconnected. So we got into this thinking, okay, we're going to save some coral reef, but everything is connected in the ocean, whether it's the sharks or marine life, uh, or, you know, even the plankton matter. So we wanted to explain how it all connects and how, frankly, um, a lot of the, the actions that we take as society is killing the marine life. And the greatest consequences are going to be uh, suffered, sadly, by our children and our children's children. But it's not too late. Um, We can reverse the damage. It's kind of cool how nature can really heal itself if given uh, the right conditions. So we have to use things like reef-safe sunscreen uh, without, you know, chemicals that are killing the reef and killing so much. We don't even think. I think the most surprising fact in the entire 50-minute documentary that people are talking about, we have over 3 million uh, views now on YouTube, which is crazy in a month. Um, But the most surprising fact is that one drop of bad chemicals, which is like 
uh, oxybenzenote um, and octinzate. Like there's all these chemicals, but one drop in a, like a body of water the size of six Olympic swimming size pools kills coral reefs. One drop in right. six pools. And if you think about how much sunscreen people wear to the beach, like it's not one drop, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds in this small area. So it's no wonder that most of the reefs are dead uh, in tourist areas. And while that's I, sad, I, I, I respect you. You know, you're, you're a man of action. I actually, we were joking before the podcast started. I've known you 10, 12 years now, and I think this is the most tan I've ever seen you. So I like to, I like, I, I'm glad to see well, that you're safe sunscreen. So I think that it doesn't work as well. So that's <laughs> exactly. good. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of money. Now I want to help the world. Um, it's not enough just to donate. Like in the documentary, you know, we donate uh, $90,000 from my charity foundation, Carmagawa, because it's all connected. But uh, that's just the start, you know, and, and now Carmagawa can actually accept donations, which is kind of cool. Before it was just basically me donating my money. Um, and we also raise money through merch sales. But spreading awareness, donating money, making documentaries. Our social media is popping. It's beautiful. So, uh, you know, again, one point I thought, you know, the sunscreen thing was pretty wild to me. I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever used sunscreen in my entire life. I've, I've got kind of a... Well, you're just covered by fur, so that protects you. Yep, yep. So I've got, na- I've like got a nature, baby bear. Nature, nature sunscreen. But, uh, you're like a baby bear that's getting chi- like chained up in China, so we need to <laughs> save you guys too. Um, the, the most surprising thing that I learned from the documentary was, I mean, I thought trees created like the majority of the oxygen, but, but, you know, tell that little kind of trivia with the coral reef. I, I didn't know. So it's marine life. I mean, the earth, I mean, it's a fascinating, um, fascinating world that we live in. We don't really realize how much of the natural world we need to survive and thrive and, and grow our food. And we've been wasting it. You know, we've been really irresponsible. And I don't, I'm not like some hippie environmentalist, but like I see the waste now and I see the repercussions are coming pretty soon. And soon it's going to be like the point of no return. So coral reefs and marine life, like all the little plankton, all the amazing uh, chemical stuff that's going on underneath the water supplies roughly 65, 70% of the oxygen we breathe. Trees are the minority. So we want to plant trees, but we also need to save that. Like, I just actually posted this story on Karma Gala or on Save the Reef. Um, we have two different accounts on Instagram. We'll link them both below this video. Um, but literally, coral reefs are so crazy, like intelligent. Not like they have like a brain or anything, but they're, they're so good at surviving. They can actually create their own clouds. So if it's too hot out, I haven't even talked about this. I just posted one story, but this is true. If it's too hot out and they're burning, they basically do all these chemical reactions that creates clouds that creates an umbrella over them, which is like mind blowing. Like this. So, so, so you're, you're telling me, clouds. You're, you're telling me that these plants are intelligent. I'm telling you that they have like survival instincts. Like, I don't know the science. I'm not a scientist. I don't claim to be. No, but no, no, no. It basically do some chemical reactions that creates their own clouds that protects them. It's just fascinating. Like No, no, I agree. I agree. Coral reefs and everything underneath the surface, like we haven't even explored that much. We've gone to the moon, 
We haven't explored what's in our own backyard. James Cameron, who's a great filmmaker, why is he discovering the majority of the stuff? And he's just doing it because he's rich and he can. Like, he shouldn't be our greatest underwater explorer. Like, it's mind-blowing. So we made this documentary just to get people to care, and the feedback has been overwhelming. No, my, my point with the, with the reef making their own clouds is, you know, I, I actually am a huge believer in the, you know, the intelligence that's actually in plants. People think that just because it's a plant, it's not smart, it can't communicate. It's been proven over and over again that, that plants are, you know, they're, they have some sort of intelligence. So we just underestimate our natural world so much. And we think that we need to, you know, kind of just enforce our like, you know, humanity and and we know best and nothing else matters. And it's, it's just not true. We've been given so much power and so much responsibility and we're basically screwing it up. And it's, it's not like totally urgent yet, but in the next few years, it's going to, it's only going to get worse. So given the way that we live, and plastic, like, we're going to do a whole documentary on plastic. It's crazy what plastic is doing just in the past few decades. You know, I think, you know, with, to me, you know, stuff like this, it's, you know, to, to bring it back to trading. And, and if you're listening, we will get to some trading stuff here shortly. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, the environment is like, is like bag holding a short, you know. You know, it's like, it, it can be okay, 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 but then it can get real bad real fast. And I think that's where we're headed with plastic and the, and the reef and stuff like that. And there's also just a lot of misinformation. It's yep. very similar to trading with penny stocks because penny stocks, a lot of them move based on misinformation. Yep. A lot of the way that the world is living is based on misinformation. Like there's just a lot of big companies and they say that they're being environmentally friendly, but then you actually look into what they're doing. They're basically like giant corrupt penny stocks. So for me, it's just spreading awareness and like, like why is a company like SeaWorld a multi-billion dollar business where they're, it's proven that they're like killing these marine life that they have. And they say that they're educating the world. Like you can educate the world and have, you know, free marine life. You don't need to do them, have them like wave their little, you know, flipper, like it's, it's crazy. If you look at the actual stats, like, you know, I'm just learning about orcas, the average age of orca whales at SeaWorld that die, they're only 14. When in the wild, they live 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Why is that? Because they're bored, they're stressed, they're depressed, they're living something like basically enslaved lives. So we don't realize that. And people listen to SeaWorld because you think that they're educators And if you look at, you know, a lot of like what the trainers and the former trainers say, like, that's not what they signed up for. They see these, these animals and they're just sad. So we need to get the word out. No different than with penny stocks. I'm trying to get the word out about like good patterns and good teachings. You know, I think that's a great point that that you make about that awareness thing. I I have to admit, I, I, and I feel pretty guilty about this. I mean, we used to, as a family, when the kids were little, we, we've gone to Orlando for spring break for, since the kids were old enough to fly we used to go to SeaWorld a lot and and man I looked back at it as I think it was a good educational experience you know you do learn and everything but we haven't been back in ever since that blackfish doc I mean that blackfish documentary came out and I feel bad now I'm like back, but, back, but back then I wasn't educated I didn't, I didn't know I thought he took care of them you know I got you but what we're trying to do with Carmen Gal is not to like shame the past like there's a lot of charities out there where they're like, shame, shame. Like, we've all made mistakes. We didn't know. Like, I, you know, I went to Thailand a few years ago when I rode elephants. I didn't know how bad it was for the elephants. I took selfies with tigers. I didn't know how bad it was. So 
we're trying to be a more, you know, kind of positive force where like everyone has made mistakes or everyone has done something where they're like, oh man, I didn't even know. And now it's like, okay, you did that in the past, you know, so be it. What can you do better in the future? And that's what it comes down to because there's a lot of negativity in the charity world. It's kind of like uh, charities really aren't that popular because they're like guilty. They're so noble and holier than thou. And we're just trying not to be. We're just like, okay, this is the world. What can we do to make it better in the future? But they just shame people. And I don't think that you should do that. Whether you're shaming celebrities, like celebrities don't know. Celebrities are busy being celebrities. No different than with pumps. Like I don't blame celebrities when they pump penny stocks. They just don't know. Right. You know, like Shaq and like Justin Bieber, they don't know about how penny stocks work. So for me, it's about like educating people. And that's what it's all about. You know, I think education done the right way can be very positive. Um, education in kind of a, a derogatory um, you know, nasty way that the celebrities don't learn. The companies don't learn. The people don't learn. And they're just like, they come away with it thinking like bad stuff. So I have a lot of, uh, just fixing to do in the charity world. Like it's crazy that I'm involved in penny stocks and it's such like a a bad niche. Like everyone hates it. Charity (laughs) actually has like a worse rep, which is crazy. Like charity to me, it's not just about the money given. Like I'm proud that I donated four plus million dollars in the past few years, but I'm prouder than that people are like really feeling it. Like they're sharing this video, not because it's like a guilt thing, but because they want to help the world. And that's what it should be. It should be a positive experience. I donate because I enjoy doing it. I make these documentaries because I enjoy doing it. It's not like a tax shelter. It's not something shady. It's not something negative. It's something positive. And if we spread that positivity, I think, you know, the world can be a better place. I hate to be corny and cliche, but it's true. There's so much negativity on social media, so much negativity and sketchiness. Just be real. Just be real and be positive. And it's amazing to see the reception. So, um, what are, so definitely check out, uh, Instagram is where, you know, the primary presence for both of Tim's charity. So check out Karmagawa on Instagram, check out save the reef on Instagram and check out 50 minutes to save the world on YouTube. Um, so let's kind of move on. So recently you were in my neck of the woods, um, which, uh, you know, which, which we have some funny stories. I saw a blog post that you put up, but, uh, what I want to focus on is, you know, first of all, you, we called it the Midwest meetup. So, so Tim came and, and met up with Michael Good, Jack Kellogg and, and Dom. Oh crap. I can't remember his Dom's last name. Uh, Michael G. Scott and Prophet Lee. His real name doesn't matter. He's a family office. That's what matters. Uh, but, but, but what I, Jack and Dom, both <laughs> guys, Jack's been on the podcast before. One of my favorite podcasts. I mean, that kid, his work ethic and, and man blew me, especially at his age. I mean, when I was his age, I had, I mean, nowhere near the focus or the work ethic that kid did, um, was very impressed. So who Jack Kellogg? Yeah. Yeah. Jack. So you talk a little bit about Jack and Dom, I guess. And he is a good, Jack is a good Connecticut boy. Uh, Jack and I actually played a game of intense basketball against Dom and Michael. Good. It got really intense. Like good, like got knocked down to the ground a few times, um, but this, the Connecticut boys pulled it off because UConn, you know, used to be good and, and we learned well from Jim Calhoun. Um, no, it's it's just great to see a lot of people succeeding. Um, didn't choose, you know, my top students to be in the Midwest, would never choose the Midwest um, to go to. 
you know, we lost power like three times in two days. With, with uh, like intense humidity and 90 degree temps, which is always a, a great time to have no air conditioning. So <laughs> uh, it was very interesting. But, you know, I think I went in there thinking that these students were so good because there was nothing else to do. I think it's more like, um, you know, that there's just like a good work ethic in the Midwest. Like if you're like a farmer, you get up, you know, you, you do the little udders at the freaking like crack of dawn. I think that might have something to do with it. Yes, there's nothing to do there either, but at the same time, it's the work ethic. And both uh, Dom and Jack, you know, have worked their butts off studying. And now they're, you know, basically just what, like 20, 21, 22 years old. And they've each made six figures in a few months. Like they each had like a $50,000 a month. And it's just eye-opening to, to see the potential when you study hard, when there's a hot play, what happens when you're prepared. And I say this all the time, like sadly, too many students, even if there was a perfect play tomorrow, they would not be prepared. They haven't studied the past enough. So I don't think that you can over-prepare enough. We have so many DVDs, video lessons, and webinars to go through. Jack and Dom are religious in their studying, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, every single day. And this isn't rocket science. So you start to see like repetition. You start to see the patterns. It's not a bad thing when someone says, Tim, like you've said this, I've seen this 50 times. Yes, good. Recognize that. Because two, three, four years in, I don't care how dumb you are. You have to be the dumbest person in the world not to understand everything inside of five years. If if you put in the time. And and that's, I think... That's, I think, the biggest thing that's lacking. And again, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of the, of the Midwestern work ethic. I think that is, that is one of the big things that, that why so many of your students have come from this area. And I think, you know, listen, if you're going to bust ass and spend the time, or, you know, or, you know, Roland Wolf's not Midwestern, but I remember him talking about 16 hours a day, 14 hours a day. But Roland is a former athlete, so he has that work ethic. There you go. It all comes down to work ethic. I don't even think location is as much of a priority as I thought. It's the work ethic. So if you're a former athlete, fantastic. If you, you know, milk the things at 4 a.m., fantastic. Um, If you understand, like, you know, if you're like a violinist and like you had to like practice for hours on end and you had like strict parents who are like, play your violin. Like, I don't know. I, it's work ethic. And, and that's something that I've always had, you know. I was and, I mean, and, you know, just that ability, you know, like you said, this isn't rocket. This niche isn't rocket science. But the thing is, you can't look at like one chart and be like, oh, OK, I got it. I mean, you gotta, you've got to over and over, repeat, repeat, repeat. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. It's not an exact science. The repetition helps. You get, it's good to see the variations and the mutations. Um, you have to learn the, the how and the why rather than just memorizing patterns. Um, but it, it is, you know, over and over again, the same stuff, the same stocks, the same sectors, the same patterns. And it's kind of nice. Um, to see like the pattern and you're like, Oh, it's my old friend again. I haven't seen you again in a year or two. But if you remember it, maybe even if you messed up, this is the thing that a lot of people, they're not really good at where they might see a good pattern, but they miss it or they take profits too quickly or they, uh, you know, hold it too long. And so they miss it. And then they, they get angry at themselves because they didn't trade it perfectly. You're never going to trade perfectly. It's always a moving target. So you're trying to get close to the moving target. Maybe even if you lose, even if you missed out, maybe you got too aggressive, whatever mistake you made, at least you experienced it. And then I want you to take that experience 
of that one hot player, that one hot sector, and then use it the next time and the next time. And by three, four, five, six, seven times trading the same pattern, you start to see, oh, okay, this is what I'm good at. Some people are better at short selling. Some people are better at dip buying. Um, it's not like any one of us have the exact same strategy. We just have different personalities and we see kind of, uh, I would say like a, a, a rule book of like, like what works with penny stocks. And you, you kind of have like, you know what patterns have better odds than not. So it's kind of like if you're driving down the highway and you see a sign that says like speed limit 65, you don't go 200 miles an hour. You have like a speed limit. Does that mean that you're going to get in an accident if you go 66 or 68? No, but like, you know, you have a general guidelines of what to do that's safe. And so basically what our teachings, your teachings, my teachings do, it, it acts as kind of like these warning signs, whether it's a stop sign or it's a, a, you know, a green light, meaning go like trade this stock. Like that's a good pattern to trade. Um, and people need these kinds of signs, you know, without that, then it's just like people who didn't pass their driver's test and they're just like four year olds driving on the road, driving 200 miles an hour in a Ferrari. Like, how do you think you're going to end up? Yeah. And that, that one point you made a minute ago, you know, about missing stuff. I mean, something, you know, we talk, obviously the name of the podcast is steady trade for a reason. It's like, listen, take that, have that long-term mindset. I mean, the, the thing I love about trading is, I mean, you could be, you could be 21 years, well, you could be 18, you know, and I think with parental permission, you, you can trade under 18. You could be 45, you could be 55, you could be 75. I mean, don't look at, if you miss a trade today, you know, there's going to be another one tomorrow. There's going to be another one next week, next month, next year. So have that long-term mindset. And you should never get upset by missing the trade. Just learn from it. Print well, out the chart the right, and then look for it next the right time. mindset. You need to have the, you know, marathon, not a sprint mindset where you're like, okay, it doesn't matter what I make today or this week or even this month or this year. You know, Tim Gertani is over $8 million in profits, but he made nothing his first nine months. So the best penny stock trader in the world made nothing the first nine months. That story you you're going to do. So what can you do during those nine months? If you know that you're not necessarily going to make a lot, you can practice good habits. You can learn the patterns. You can study the past and you can get really prepared for, you know, 16 months, 24 months, 36 months into this game when you have more experience, more knowledge, ideally a bigger account, and then it starts to matter. So the same trade that might make you $100 right now with your small account and you don't have that much confidence, you size up two years from now, you take 20 times position size, and that same $100 trade becomes a $2,000 trade. So when I say 2K a day keeps a real job away, you're not going to make 2K a day right away. Right. But it's the same process. It's the same pattern, just with ideally a bigger size later on. And, you know, I, I, I get it when people ask, but, you know, I, I'm sure you get it way more than I do. But but with the podcast, with Stocks and Trade, you know, people say, like, you know, man, I just don't get it. And I'm like, how long have you been doing this? You know, they're like three months, six months. And I'm like, I use that Gratani story all the time. I mean, Gratani is arguably the best penny stock trader ever. And, again, you think you're going to beat his learning curve? You know, it's like, you know, listen, there's he's an outlier for a reason. <laughs> might be able to do it. Maybe you can repeat it, but the odds are you're not going to. So if you're getting down on yourself three months, six months in, man, back to that mindset, correct your mind. I just gave uh, a three hour challenge webinar before this. Um, it's, it's almost midnight here in Europe. Um, this is part of the work ethic, whether I'm trading or teaching, it doesn't matter. Um, but during the, the webinar, 
I was saying not all nine months are created equal. We should mention that the nine months that Tim Grittani made nothing, there was a lot of hot stocks. Yeah. There was a lot of hot sectors. So he was still learning. Right now, as we're filming this, there's not really a hot sector. So this month, maybe last month, they're not really hot months. So that doesn't even really, you know, uh, that that's not going to teach you that much. So you need to learn this is not an exact science. Not all months are created equal. And that way, you need to think about, like, if you if you think you're going to learn everything in nine months, give it 12 months when there's a lot of plays. Give it, like, 48 months later on. Like, you need to think about this as that the stock market is always going to be there. There's always going to be hot penny stocks. There's always going to be hot, some hot sector, some scam, some promoter, some little wolf of Wall Street want to be, like, sketchy guy or girl. Um, and that way, you just have to say, okay – this is going to happen. Am I prepared or not? And sadly, the answer for most people is they're not prepared. They don't have the right broker. They don't have the right mindset. They don't know how to plan. They don't know how to manage the risk. They don't need to take the meat of the move. Um, and that's what it comes down to. I told people on the challenge webinar, literally, I was like, I wish that there's a global meltdown in the, in the stock market. We lose 90%. The market's dead for three years and then everyone can just study the past and really be ready when the market comes back in three, four, five years. Because most people, you can't stop the market. Like you're busy, you have school, you have a full-time job, you have a part-time job. When do you study? You study at night, you study on weekends, but like it's tough to catch up to this game that just keeps moving. So I wish that there's no plays. Most people say when there's no plays, they're sad, it sucks. I say that's good. That gives you more time to study and catch up and be prepared for when there are plays. So um, actually, you didn't even see my agenda, but n- nice segue. Uh, um, so I want to I want to talk a little about you know August is traditionally you know we're recording this in August. It might not premiere until later in August or or maybe September, but August is traditionally the slowest month of the year. You know you've got people getting in last minute vacations. A lot of Europeans, you know, that's the big month that they vacation and stuff. So August is typically the slower month. Now I always say there's always a trade out there. You might have to sit there and wait six hours, but August is typically slower. So what have you been trading kind of what, what have you been up to trading wise as we've kind of gone into this slower period a little bit? Yeah. I mean, a lot of lower price stocks under a dollar, under 50 cents a share have just been rising uh, 50, a hundred, 200% gains, not necessarily all in one day, like we've seen in the past, but over two, three, four days, um, you know, I bought the, the simple, you know, multi-month breakout on TTCM. It was at a penny. Um, I sold it at like a penny and a half and I made 50% over the weekend. It went up to three cents. So if the thing tripled, then it just came down to a penny and it bounced off that. So um, that's one example. DCGD is another one under 50 cents that I've been buying, uh, buying the strong first green day close, selling into the close, dip buying morning panics. Um, so whether I'm, I'm buying morning panics multi-month breakouts or first green days. It's the same patterns um, on lower price stocks that I'm, I'm not really great at. Um, TTCM, I, you know, under like a penny a share, I don't usually trade sub penny stocks, but it had the pattern, it had the volume, um, it had the catalyst. So I trade it. And, you know, again, whether it's July or August, I'm just trading whenever there's a good setup. Yep. I'm always looking every single day. I just Literally on this challenge webinar, I just told everyone to like watch big percent gainers every single day. Yep. And someone said, okay, I know to watch big percent gainers, but what about big percent losers? And I'm like, you're not understanding. Just <laughs> focus on big percent gainers. People try to overcomplicate this yep. and they try, I get it. They, they, they want to, you know, work hard. They want to do well. They're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? You and I have made this game 
ridiculously easy for people to learn. Not that it's easy. 90% of traders still lose. Don't misunderstand me. But we've done it. We've succeeded with our counterintuitive lessons with ourselves and with our students. And you just have to follow the instructions. Like, yep. follow them. Stop trying to think. Stop trying to say, okay, here's an instruction, but let me turn right at that instruction and ignore this one. Like, follow our instructions. Look for big percent gainers. Don't short, you know, low float first green day winners. Hell, don't even short at all. I think that there's, uh, you know, you and I both agree that shorting is very crowded right now. And yep. the risk reward is we, terrible. We, we, speaking of unprepared. We, we need a short seller apocalypse to kill them all off so we no, can go back to shorting. <laughs> no, no, we need the short sellers. We want these people. They just keep adding more to their accounts. They pretend that they never lose on social media for their little egos. And it's great because they create these giant short squeezes, which are fantastic. Like stocks have been going from one to 10 or two to 20. Before they would only go from one to three. BBTH went from four to 75. It's a matter of days, you know. Yeah, exactly. So we like the short squeezes, um, but at the same time, newbies should be warned, you know, you can lose so much and you're just not prepared to to recognize how fast and how far these stocks can go. So uh, we like going long, you know, first green days, multi-day breakouts and dip buying morning panics is the same three patterns. Yeah, and, and back to that 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 keep it simple, stupid, the KISS method that, that Tim teaches that I go over on the podcast, the Stocks Trade Pro. I mean, I, I posted a, a quote to uh, the, the Stocks Trade Instagram the other day. It was one of the market wizards. I can't remember the guy's name, but his, his quote was, he could print his rules in the newspaper, and if nobody would, if, if you don't follow them, it doesn't matter if you have the rules. It's like what it comes down to is actually following these rules and sticking to your stop losses and only trading the best setups and not sitting there trying to scalp 15 stocks a day. I, that's one of the things that drives me nuts. Again, back to social media, you see these guys on Twitter, they're in and out of 20 stocks a day, long and short, and it tricks that new trader. They think more is better. No. I mean, look at Gratani. He trades like three times a week, you know. It's counterintuitive. Your, your best trades will be few and far between, but people feel like they, they, they earn their money if they're sitting in front of a computer eight till four, nine to five. And for me, I got into trading to get away from our normal job. Like, right. why would you, why would you want to do the normal job hours? Like yesterday in a webinar, there was like nothing, the, every, everything on the scans were, were terrible stocks that have spiked and failed. And I, w- I said exactly that. I'm like, you know what? It's 80 degrees and beautiful outside. Why would you want to sit here and stare at a, sc- you know, don't make this, uh, uh, you know, listen, you're probably trying to leave your job where your boss is looking at you. Maybe you work at Amazon and they're timing your bathroom breaks. You know, why would you force yourself just sit at that computer nine hours a day. Learn the skills. If there's nothing there, go go outside. You know, it's counterintuitive because you you can't fault people for wanting to work hard for their sure. money, but you can just work smarter. Like you make more by choosing the best trades. And if you try to grind it out every single day, like I made three hundred today, I lost two fifty. I made four hundred, I lost three hundred. Yeah, that was a good one fifty that I made. Like. And you're thinking, and so like when people like me or you say like, don't trade as much, it's simpler. And like, no wonder why people think like, that's a scam. Like, <laughs> you know what trading is? It's grinding every day. It's not easy. I mean, if you're, if you're an idiot, like, yeah, that is trading. Like no different 
I think I, I make the analogy where it would be like, you know, if someone's like doing like a horse and carriage and they're riding the little horse and they're trying to go from like New York to LA, how long would that take with a horse and carriage, you know, versus like an airplane where it's just new technology and you're like laughing at the person in the horse and carriage where it takes them like two months to go across the country versus like new technology. It takes like five or six hours. So and, and, and if it's like the Oregon trail, you might get dysentery and die, you know, I, it's just not that this is even new. It's just counterintuitive. Like the, the best trades don't happen every day. And if you learn to just focus on the best trades and ignore the rest, you don't have to work as hard. You have better winning percentage. It's easier. It's less frustrating. That's how you get confident. And for me, that's the only way. I don't, I don't know how to grind it out every day. I don't want that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. If you want normal job hours, at least get the normal paycheck. And, and, Why would you want normal job hours and then 90% chance you still lose? That That's always my point. I mean, like, like you know, you, hey, guess what? There, there's no health insurance in day trading. You know, there's, there's no, there's no benefits. I mean, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta pay your, your estimated taxes. You know, you got all these hassles. If you're gonna, if you're gonna sit there and grind it out 12 hours after you learn, okay, you gotta, you gotta spend that time to learn. But if you're if you're just gonna chain yourself to this computer all day long, go get a real job with some benefits. You know? No, well, this is the thing for us. I mean, we've we've been doing this long enough where we studied enough, we know the patterns, we know what we're good at. Um, most people aren't at this stage yet, and so right. we want to get them there. And it takes a lot of studying. It's very front end loaded where you have to put in the hours. It's not fun. I tell people like it's not fun to get rich. You get to have fun after you're rich. You get to have. Fun <laughs> You have that freedom and you can do whatever you want. Um, but you need to get there. And sadly, too many people quit three, six, nine, 12 months in. Because they think that's too long, you know, <laughs> when it's, when you, when you're just getting started at three, six, nine months. So, yeah, um, they so- just, I mean, they just don't, again, they don't have the right mindset. They don't have the patience level. They don't realize that sometimes you have to lose. Like if someone loses two or $3,000, they think their life is over. And I say, no. That's, it sucks. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but it's negligible in the long run. And you need to focus on like, okay, maybe if you lose two or $3,000, you learned what not to do. And that two or $3,000 was the best two or $3,000 that you ever spent. Kind of like a market tuition. Yep. You don't do those mistakes anymore. And those losses allow you to make 20 or 30,000. Using yeah, I the tell right you the, process. The, the, the big losses always suck, but you know, it's like the, the, I, I think that you have to take those big losses at some point because then that convinces you that you never want to go back there. You're now, well, I, now I if said, you're in this position that's not working, you're like, well, I remember that last time and I remember how shitty that felt. I do not want to go there. Take there's it. a scene, there's a scene in Invictus with Matt Damon where they play like rugby and they're like terrible South African rugby players. And Matt Damon is the captain and they lose so badly and he makes everyone drink the beer. And he's like, taste that beer. It tastes disgusting because that's the taste of defeat. And he's like, never drink that beer again. And they all throw the beer and they eventually become champions. So once you taste bitter defeat, once you taste those nasty losses, whether it's 2000, 3000, 5000 for me, I lost $500,000 to really check my ego and that made me into a, a more conservative, uh, better trader, better teacher, better human over time. And so I'm grateful for those losses. So we can sit here and we can say cut losses quickly, follow rule number one. But people just don't do it. They need right. that emotional education. Yeah. So take the big loss, whatever it is, try to minimize it. Try to like hear our voices in your head. 
Um, but if you have that big loss or you're like about to have that big loss, like recognize that's part of your education. There's not one trader that I know who has not suffered one big loss because now they know what not to do. You have to learn what not to do. You have to learn how crappy it feels. So um, I think we covered all my points. Let's kind of take this home. Um, in the beginning of the, of the podcast, I'd, I'd mentioned, I, I joked, but I was serious. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the tan. I think this is the most tan I ever remember seeing you. So let's kind of, why don't you give us a quick update on what you're up to. Um, I, I, most of the listeners probably know you travel the world. What do you got going on? What are your plans? What do you got? You know, I know you're always got a ton of projects. What are you working on? What do you got coming in the next yeah, year? Yeah, it's, I mean, let me just first say it's good to be rich. Um, second of all, it's good to be able to travel if you want, you know, or you could just stay at home in Michigan and kill your local animals. Like you get to choose the life that you want. I like to save worldwide animals. You like to kill local animals. But we're both <laughs> doing what we love, even though it's very different. Um, I was in Mykonos and Santorini having fun, uh, chilling with a whole bunch of people, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities who want to get involved with charity. So it's my honor to kind of usher them in. Um, it does require me going outside sometimes. <laughs> I do like the fact that uh, part of the reason why I'm so tan is not because I'm just like partying in Mykonos and ignoring the stock market. Stock market doesn't open until 4.30 in the afternoon. So I have all day um, been working on my fitness, going out, eating healthy, having fun. Um, so that's it's it's good to kind of have like a well-rounded thing. And then I'm also talking with the celebrities. I'm also trading. I just gave a three-hour webinar. Um, right now I'm in Positano, Italy. I'm going to head over to Venice, Italy. Then I'm over to L.A. I'm throwing out the Dodgers' first pitch again. Um, in a few weeks, hopefully I won't screw it up. Last time I tried to selfie it, and I, you know, not, not, not good. So this time just going to throw it normal. It's a great honor. I, I appreciate the Dodgers for giving me the chance. Um, then I'm going to be off back to, uh, South Korea, actually. Uh, I'm going there, uh, talking with a few of the K-pop, uh, bands. I know Tim Bowen is a big K-pop yes, fan, yes, uh, undercover. Uh, he loves those, uh, just their whole look. He's just obsessed with it. If you actually look at Tim Bowen's like cell phone background, it's K-pop. Like it's crazy. You wouldn't have expected it. You'd you'd never expect it. You'd never expect it. I know he's a little jealous. So I'm going to meet them. Um, then head over to, uh, Japan for some sushi. Then back to Miami and Orlando. Can I get my samurai sword? I keep waiting for the samurai sword. I really don't want to encourage violence. I might get like a, a samurai Q-tip uh, to clean out some of the, you know, hair in your ears, but not kill any more animals. <laughs> so, I get you a sword. I feel like you'll be slicing and dicing some duck or whatever. I I probably would. Yes, I would. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look to promote, you know, you killing off uh, how much hair you have. And, <laughs> you know, that way it's safer for the environment. Although I, I have to look at like, you know, I know that you use that, that lube for your beard and I have a feeling that's not reef safe. So if that goes into the water, then that might contribute to more damage, but I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll make a documentary and, and let you know. So uh, last thing I would like to bring up um, again, depending on when this episode airs, it will probably be a couple weeks from the trader investor summit, which is the end of September. By the time this airs, there probably, I highly doubt there will be tickets, but if there are, definitely check it out. It's a great event. 
usually six, 700 uh, traders there. Uh, great speakers. Tim will be there. I'll be there. Um, and that's coming up again in Orlando end of September. If you hear this, check for a ticket. They're probably gone, but still check. We'd love to see you there. And again, thanks a lot, Tim. I appreciate all you do. Um, you know, I, 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 I say this all the time. I mean, um, meeting you in 2007, 2008 allowed me to, uh, you know, to retire from a company. You know, I sold my business. I was, I was bored. Business is still successful today. I was bored. I wasn't passionate about that anymore. You were learning from you allowed me to pursue my passion of trading. Now I've, I've learned from you on, on teaching, working with stocks to trade. I, I mean, at, at 45 years old, what I'm doing with stocks to trade, this is the most fun I've had in my professional career. I mean, where, where a lot of people at 45 are like, Oh God, what am I doing? You know, for the next 10 years, I can't wait to retire. I have no desire to retire. I hope I'm doing the steady trade podcast, working with stocks to trade when I'm 90. You know, I, I, I don't understand the lure of retiring. Because yeah, why even go at 90? Let's go to 190. You know, the singularity is near. Yep, yep. Uh, things technology and medicine, we're going to live longer. There's always yep. going to be opportunities. Technology is always going to get better. There's always going to be people who don't know about finance. So we're in this very big, booming business. And frankly, it's it's my honor. You know, I thank you for all your hard work. Um, I know you're giving all those daily webinars and, and you're teaching a lot of people too. So this is really a dream come true for me. It's not just like partying in Mykonos or, or traveling. I like the ability to travel, um, but I also just enjoy, you know, teaching, uh, whether it's about the reef or whether it's about trading, cutting through BS, spreading awareness, spreading good information, um, and using all this new technology to get the good information out to people quicker than ever. Like I, I know that we have a lot of negativity in penny stocks and in finance and on Wall Street and in the environment and charity. And all over the place. But we have this tool where if we use it properly, we can connect and we can reach more people quicker than at any time in history. I mean, just the fact that you're doing this in Michigan yep. and I'm in Europe and, you know, this is crystal clear. Um, it's pretty awesome that this is possible. It's only going to get better. So we just need to get people, um, you know, really understanding that the, the, if they're in this, they're in this for the long run where you have the, the maximum rewards two, three, four, five, ten years into this, not just one, two, three, four, six months in and then quit. Um, I hate seeing wasted potential. And I think too many people have a lot of potential. They don't give themselves enough credit. Their parents or their friends uh, talk down to them or they say this is what they're capable of. Let this be a reminder. You are capable of anything. And I have seen amazing things in my life. And when we all work together, I think that it's even more amazing. So I'm excited for the future, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I talk about this on my, you know, most of my personal Twitter is just sarcastic stuff. But uh, I truly believe, I mean, we live in the greatest time in history. I mean, when you, I mean, you literally can learn anything in minutes on YouTube. I mean, if you want to. It doesn't matter your family. It doesn't matter your background. Like you have this freedom. The, the internet, you know, democratizes education. And it's a beautiful thing if you take advantage of it. Otherwise, Play Fortnite, play these stupid games, put little cat ears on your head um, and waste your life away like too many people do. And, you know, then you'll just listen to rhetoric on Twitter from, you know, angry, bitter people. <laughs> so you get to choose the life that you want. Um, but education, transparency and following your dreams, I think those are those are some good things to follow. Perfect. Good ending. Way to take it out. 
Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A-Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. Roar, 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 roar.